Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. I'm Elizabeth Reese. I'm Marjorie Punnett. This is Best to the Nest, the podcast that is all about creating strong, comfortable, beautiful nests that prepare us to fly. And Marjorie, it is a beautiful reunion here today on Best to the Nest. I'm very excited about this. So please introduce our long-awaited return of this guest. We love Senya May. So Senya is our guest today, and I am so excited for everyone to hear about the type of medicine that she has expanded into. And you know, I mean, Senya is like integral in my personal health, and I think what she does is so important. And when I heard about her latest adventure, I was like, yes, yes, sign me up. I want to be your guinea pig. I want to do all the things. So yes. And let's just say Senya's adventures are not like other people's adventures. <laughs> this isn't like she went off to Bali for three weeks. Senya's adventures are way cooler than Yeah, that. they end with a doctorate. Whatever. There you it's go. awesome. Okay, so Senya May is the owner of Healing Insight in St. Paul. She's a doctor of acupuncture and Chinese medicine, and she is a functional medicine practitioner. Did you know this? She is one of only 16 Chinese medicine practitioners in the United States. She is the only one in the state of Minnesota who's an Institute for Functional Medicine certified practitioner. So I love so, that. It's so cool because I can't wait to talk to her about this combination of functional medicine with traditional Chinese medicine. So she has over 14 years of experience specializing in autoimmunity, digestive issues, weight loss, and other complicated cases. And Senya, we're so happy to have you back. Welcome I'm back. I'm so excited to be here. Man, that was quite the that was quite the build up. I, I I feel really loved. You're like <laughs> a rock been, star. You've been working hard for that build up for many years. So yes. that's I love everything about this and I I love talking to anybody that is intimately involved with Elizabeth's health because I know that it's well thought out. So there's always a lot happening. So, Senya, let's talk about this. You know, if people are new to the podcast, um, Healing Insight in St. Paul is the acupuncture clinic that I've been going to for years. Um, Senya is my practitioner. I also see Nikki, who practices there as well. And, um, and Senya, you have been on the podcast. I think this is now your fourth or fifth visit. And I particularly love the episode where we talked about sort of creating your healthcare team. Um, that was the last episode that we did with you, where it's just really not enough to have like your general practitioner doctor. I mean, building a team of people to help you through all sorts of different issues and phases of life is really important if you can swing it financially and time-wise, because we certainly know that it's a commitment there. But Senya, your years of acupuncture and traditional Chinese medicine have evolved into your passion for functional medicine. I want to know where that started, where you started to feel this little flutter of I got to do something else too. And define it for us. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, I'll start by defining it because so yeah. functional medicine is a form of root cause medicine. We are really trying to find the underlying cause 
especially of complicated or chronic health diseases, um, health issues, um, especially like the types of things that conventional medicine doesn't treat well. Mm -hmm. If it's multifactorial, like autoimmune conditions or complicated gut problems or, you know, immune, you know, immune system problems, conventional medicine doesn't do very well with that. And functional medicine is a very holistic approach to, you know, really trying to get to the root of the issue and healing it as naturally as possible. And sometimes you use medications and sometimes you use supplements, but there's lots of different tools we can use. But this is why I think that definition is so important is I know from my own children and some of my own issues, that idea that, fun- that, that traditional medicine can't solve the problems is so difficult when you're in the midst of a medical problem that can't be solved. Because not only is it frustrating for the patient, my son had particular issues which were never really solved all through high school. And so many specialists, so many people, and there was just no answer to it other than you're kind of going to have to live with it. And I think that it's so frustrating because you feel like the body's a machine and there must be an answer. But you sort of sometimes with traditional medicine, if it's not a life-threatening condition, Mm -hmm. it's often you reach the end of the road. Right. And And just nobody nobody will help you. Yeah, your labs come back normal. So your doctor's like, I don't know. I don't see anything. So I can't really help this. And it's not that you're healthy. It's just that they... They don't know where to look. They haven't been trained in in what to dig into. Yeah, we talk a lot about, you know, Western medicine or conventional medicine, however you want to refer to it. You know, I broke my ankle a few months ago. There was nothing better than going in and getting x-rayed and meeting the orthopedic team who was ready to like snap, crackle, pop this business, get it done. I mean, let's drill some... Pins in there, you know, all that stuff is so amazing. You get in an accident, like you want to be hauled to a hospital where they are going to like put you back together. But these issues where it's not involving like a limb lost, you know, where it's, where it's something like more chronic are so challenging and you can kind of feel like you're on this hamster wheel of drugs without ever really getting to the point, the root cause, as you talked about. So you do this though a lot, like with tra- traditional Chinese medicine, like you're treating a lot of those complicated things already with acupuncture, Senya. What did mm-hmm. you feel like was missing? Why did you want to expand what you do? Well, I felt like there were a couple of hidden issues that I just wasn't getting at from with the traditional Chinese medicine approach. So like people would come in and they'd say, oh, I, you know, I, I found out that I had a gut infection. And I'm like, I mean, we know what signs to look for in Chinese medicine for that, but there's not really like a test to see like, well, what kind of parasite do you have? And when do we know that it's gone? Mm. Or like I would have somebody who came in and she's like, oh, well, somebody ran an adrenal test on me and it turns out my adrenals have totally tanked and I have adrenal exhaustion. I mean, I knew that they were tired and I was treating their adrenals to a certain extent from Chinese medicine, but I didn't know how bad it was until I actually saw the lab result. I'm like, this is going to take a long time for this to heal. Okay, and this I is amazing. That's... So it's like the best of both worlds. So you're getting like the lab results that Chinese medicine can't see into, but you still have that perspective of like the energy and the chi and the moving of all of the things so that you can help assist. Right. And and we're even trained in functional medicine that almost 90% of conditions can be healed just by an interview alone, or I should say can be diagnosed and treated just based on the interview alone. And this is scientific research that's out there. 
which was kind of validating for Chinese medicine, right? Because it's been practiced for thousands of years. I've been doing it for 15 years. And to hear that, oh, actually, I'm really hitting 90% of the cases just by doing the interviews and looking at pulse and tongue like I already do. But, you know, as a practitioner, I'm always striving to be better. So I'm like, but then how do I get that last 10%? Yeah. What, oh, what tools that. do I need in order to, like, dig deeper and, like, really understand what's going on with this person so we can fully resolve this for the long term and not have anything recur and come back? So clarify for me. So the intersection for you of functional medicine and Chinese medicine is that you're bringing in a little bit of sort of modern testing yeah, a little and bit combining of that with Chinese medicine mm-hmm. to really understand the end game in a better way that you might not have been able to with Chinese medicine. Is that, am I hearing you correctly? Exactly. Exactly. Okay. So we're pulling some of the modern science in because again, Chinese medicine been around for 3000 years, but right. you know, which is great because there's so many things that we can treat and identify very, very effectively but there's a lot of, there's also modern diseases or hidden conditions that we can't see very easy. So like I mentioned, gut infections, um, but like there's a lot of modern disease, like there's not a ton in the Chinese medicine literature about autoimmune conditions or hypothyroid one. or Hashimoto's. And, and I really felt like I was ill-equipped to understand those issues and fully resolve them. Right. And with, a, with some of the lab testing and some of the specific treatments for these modern issues, I feel like it's just expanded my toolbox just hugely. That's so, so what did exciting. you do? You went back to school then. I mean, because you took a sabbatical. I was unable to book appointments with you. For <laughs> no, I'm so time, sorry. I was gone. So really, Senya. It was Honestly. unsettling for me. I felt <laughs> lost. Fortunately, I have your cell phone number so I can still text you, it's you know, true. whatever. Um, but so for me personally, that's how it impacted me. I did make it through. Thank you. Um, but it was a big deal to finish this. Like you really, I mean, you took time off of your day job of, of treating people with acupuncture and TCM so that you could focus on this educational component. What did it consist of? Yeah. So I went through the Institute of Functional Medicine and they have a very, they have the most rigorous program in the United States. So they're really targeting doctors and nurses as their, you know, the primary practitioners who they're training because they have, I mean, everything is backed up by science, by research. Like, um, you know, I really, I really liked, you know, all of the evidence that they brought into it. Um, and I actually started, I actually started studying with IFM way back in 2015. I did their gastrointestinal module because I'm like, oh, what are they doing for gut health? This sounds really awesome. And it was just, it was really fascinating to see their perspective of, oh my gosh, there's all this testing that they can do to really get at some of the things that I struggle with um, and some different treatment techniques as well. It was also interesting because I was sitting in the back of the room and they were talking about some of the herbal treatments that they would use. And I sort of was laughing. I was like, oh, is this what you guys use? Oh, you're just babies. Like you're just, oh. you're just dabbling in herbal medicine. Oh. Like Chinese herbal medicine is so sophisticated and it's been developed for thousands of years, right? right. So, you know, they're like, you know, they've, you know, they've been using herbal medicine for 20 or 30 years here. So they're like using one single herb for this thing. They love turmeric for everything. And I'm like, I mean, turmeric <laughs> has its places, but you shouldn't give it to everybody for everything for right. long periods of time. Especially right. we use turmeric in Chinese medicine. Like you don't use that forever. That's not a good idea. So it was interesting because I, at, like, at, at first I was like blown away and like wowed by all the knowledge that they had. And then you know, it kind of morphed into like, oh, okay, I can actually treat a lot of these issues better than they can because of the herbal medicine background that I have. Now, and 
And the herbal medicine you studied where? That's part of the Chinese medicine program. So with, you know, with both my master's and my doctorate in Chinese medicine, there's a huge herbal component to that. Not all acupuncturists go through the herbal program, but I absolutely did. It's so fascinating. I mean, and the Chinese herbs, I mean, we've talked about this before, but like, you cannot mess around with these. These, this isn't like, you gotta have somebody that you know that is an expert showing you what to use because Mm -hmm. they are so powerful. I mean, Senya has given me one in particular for a sinus infection that kicked it out in like six hours. It is so (laughs) powerful. What was it? Unbelievable. It's that, what is that one? That xanthan one? Is that what it is? Magnolia. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a, it's a, combination of herbs. Xanthium is one of the main herbs that's in it. But yeah, Elizabeth was doing the Minnesota State Fair with a horrific sinus infection. She's like, please help me. I go to Sydney's house. Yeah. And kicked it out. Kicked it out. And it's amazing. And I mean, more effective than any by any antibiotic that I've ever taken for something like that. It's wild. And I'm guessing with fewer side effects. Now, anybody Mm -hmm. listening now, even though I asked, don't go out and get those things on your own. Yeah. We are not. You need to see a Senya. You don't want to do this by yourself because they're powerful. I yeah, they are. I mean, so much so that, like, I couldn't, I can't take that one when I'm nursing. Right. That's how powerful right. they and are. And xanthium itself is toxic if you don't pro- process it properly. So, so absolutely, it's, people. It's no joke. It's no yeah. joke. Find, find your expert. I, I will tell you, I think I said this the first time we met Senya, that when my son went off to college, his next door neighbor was a Chinese um, exchange student. And came with a suitcase of his own medicine. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, he traveled because that's how he grew up. I mean, that's so he knew how to treat himself. He didn't have Claritin and ibuprofen. No, 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 no. My son said it was fascinating. It was just this little suitcase filled with herbs. (laughs) I would love that. that. I don't know how it made through customs, but it did. So (laughs) So good. It was all written in Chinese. That's how. Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) So, Senya, when you're starting to treat people now with functional medicine, so, like, are people coming in and they're doing a consult and then I know labs are something that you're really, that that's a real focus for you, that you want to run the labs and you want to see where people are at. And I wonder too, I mean, if part of you getting a better picture of people's health is really understanding like their levels of certain vitamins and minerals and things like that, that that could be hard to diagnose in traditional Chinese medicine. Like if people have a vitamin D deficiency or something. For sure. Yeah. You're not necessarily going to be able to diagnose that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think I, so the, the, the labs really give us a lot of detailed information of what's going on in the body, but really it starts with doing that intake, right? Like doing that comprehensive intake where we're like, okay, let's talk about your digestion, your sleep, your energy, your mood, your sex life, like all of those, your diet, your, you know, exercise, all those lifestyle factors, um, like that, like we really want to get a clear picture of what's going on with people. Um, and so depending on what their condition is and what they're seeking help for, we might run labs. I don't actually run labs for all of my patients, um, but there's two, there's kind of like two tiers of labs that we might do. One of them is just conventional labs, right? Like let's do a full thyroid panel. Let's check your vitamin D. Let's check your inflammatory markers. And these are all things that people can do through their doctor. In fact, I often have them run it through their, like have them order it through their doctor so that insurance will pay for it, Mm -hmm. which is great. But it's amazing to me how many people come with Hashimoto's thyroiditis. You know, they have autoimmune thyroid, hypothyroid, and they've never had a full thyroid panel and nobody's Mm -hmm. ever checked their inflammatory markers. So I'm like, well, you really need to address that if like that's the root of autoimmune conditions is stress and inflammation. So let's get a baseline understanding of your inflammation. So 
so that's like that's one of the first tiers of of um, labs that were run. But mm-hmm. then we might do uh, like we might do specialty labs after that of like these are labs that your conventional doctor doesn't even have access to, mm-hmm. or we might look at your adrenal function, or we might look at, you know, your salivary hormones, or, you know, we might look at food sensitivities. And usually if we're running those sorts of tests, then it's, then it's for more complicated cases like autoimmune conditions, which I, which I treat a lot of, you know, we really want to be looking for where's the source of the inflammation that's causing the body to overreact and attack itself. And that's where like some of those, some of those specialty labs can be really helpful. Oh, that's and so interesting. How does insurance look at you? If someone comes to you, it, it, does insurance recognize the value of this? No. I mean, basically I'm asking, do they cover it? Right, right. Um, Again, not in any of the specialty labs. No, they don't. They really don't cover that. Um, but do they cover you? So if somebody came to see you or somebody like you, would insurance cover it? Rarely. God, that's heartbreaking. It's usually, it's usually out of pocket. There are some physicians who will incorporate some functional medicine into their practice, but it's very difficult. Yeah, I mean, right. insurance is very picky. They, uh, you know, they won't, they don't really cover most of it. Again, that's why I have people run conventional labs through their doctor so that it can be run through insurance. It's, you know, and, and insurance is only going to pay for things that there's lots and lots and lots of data that this is the best way to treat it. And it's so, often not. Exactly. Like, um, with with acupuncture, I mean, now insurance will cover acupuncture for migraines, tension headaches, low back pain, knee pain. Well, I mean, that's we've been treating that forever. Mm-hmm, and right. but when I started 15 years ago, they did they wouldn't cover like insurance wouldn't pay for that. Right. But right. now there's been 15 years of research proving that oh my gosh, this is actually like best thing you can do for migraines and tension right. headaches is acupuncture. So it's going to take time to build up the data to show, like to prove to insurance companies that, wow, this is really, really effective. Yeah. I think that point is so important though. I mean, and what you bring up that when you're making your healthcare decisions, you know, and I'm not a doctor, so, you know, don't say that I gave you medical advice because I'm not. That being said though, you need to, you can look at things that studies back up while still having an open mind to the possibility that things work that haven't been studied, right? I mean, I think we are kind of in this, like, a little bit locked into this land of if there aren't 45 double-blind studies showing that this works, that it doesn't work. Well, that's not true. I mean, you can't say that because not every single thing has been studied. And I always tell people when they come to see me, I'm like, this we're, we're going to dive in deep with this. And there are so many avenues that we can take. And so there's so much information we can still mine for. And what the first steps that we're going to take, they're just the tip of the iceberg. There are so many options, even beyond what we're going to start with. And so I always have so much hope for my patients. Well, and especially mm-hmm. because I'm in the, I'm in the position where I see people get better every single day. Like I have the best job in the world. I'm like, Oh, okay, great. You have MS. Wonderful. Like, let's get that. Let's, let's try to throw that into remission. Oh, you have scarring alopecia and your hair is falling out and your doctors have said it will never grow back. Okay. Well, let's just see. I disagree. Three months later, her hair started growing back. So, I mean, it was amazing. It's like, it's incredible what like the tools that I have and the ways, different ways that we can combine them what we can do. It's like a woman's like, I want to save my gallbladder. They want to take it out. I'm in terrible pain. I'm like, okay, well, let's save your gallbladder then. A month later, she has no pain. Oh, listen, I've got a friend who had her gallbladder removed and it is just, we're having a full conversation about it yesterday. It is a brutal situation. And, and that's kind of another one of those things where it's like, this is in bad shape. 
we like Western medicine would tell you just to take it out and without really understanding, I think she's like, if I knew then what I know now, I would have done everything I could to save it and not let them take it out. Right. And it's like, well, why are you having the pain and the inflammation in your gallbladder in the first place? Because if you don't fix that, then you're not really fixing the whole problem. So, you know, one of my patients last year had a gallbladder Mm. removed six months later, she was still feeling terrible. I'm like, well, we need to look at where the inflammation came from that affected your gallbladder in the first place. And right. we found it and worked on that. And so, so when you say something like that, you say, we found it. Where did you, and I, we haven't used her name, so we're not revealing anything. But when you talk about finding the root of inflammation, what would a root be? Like, what would one of those things be that you have found? Sure. So inflammation can come from lots of different places. Really, really common one is food sensitivities Mm -hmm. or coming from like gut health, like having an imbalanced microbiome, having overgrowth of bad bacteria, um, whether it's SIBO, you know, small intestinal bacterial overgrowth, or if it's some sort of infection in your gut, those are like, those are really like gut, gut sources of inflammation are really, really common. But you can also have like metal toxicity or um, yeast overgrowth and candida overgrowth. Those will affect it. If you have like an old virus that is just dormant in your body, that can affect it. I had, you know, one of my patients who had, you know, metal plates put in her ankle when she broke it. And it just sent the inflammation through the roof because she was sensitive to nickel. I'm very stressed about this. Yes, this is, this is Senia. I'm getting, I'm very worried about the long-term impact of having these metal plates, which I'm very grateful for at this very moment. But like mm-hmm. having that in my body long-term is like something that I get concerned about for that very reason. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And even if you have that, there are things we can do to counteract it or keep you healthy or keep your body detoxing properly so that it doesn't turn into, you know, a long-term chronic issue. Okay. And- the gut health thing I want to ask about, because we are in this time where like the gut health is like the buzzword, right? Everybody's like gut yeah. health, gut health, gut. <laughs> we got to have your gut microbiome. The next thing is going to be your mouth by microbiome, which is that's what everyone's talking about it too. But um, if we are number one, I would, I want to ask you, what are the things that we can do to really improve our gut health? Because we know that's important, but if we're only focused on that, are we sometimes missing other things, Senya? Oh, you can absolutely miss other things if you're just focused on that. And actually, in Chinese medicine, there are like five different schools of thought. And one of them is that all issues start in the gut. Mm -hmm. And there's another one that all issues start with like your kidney or basically your adrenals. So they're like, and functional medicine is very much like it all starts in the gut. And and yes, that is the case for many, many conditions, but it's not the only thing. You can't only look at that because you're going to you're going to miss a lot. Are you doing labs then on people's gut health? Like, are you looking at like what's going on in there? And then you can help to figure out like, okay, so if, do you feel like if somebody gets that lab info, then they can make better decisions about what they're doing? Because I think people are just willy nilly, like, like Marjorie taking, I don't know, you know, I think people are just going, I'm going to take a hundred million probiotics a day you know, like whatever the strains are, I'm going to take a million strains and then I'm going to take those and then I'm going to eat some sauerkraut and I'm going to eat some yogurt. And that's, that's what I'm doing to just like feed the gut health. Mm-hmm. But you know, are, that, that's, yeah. Are you getting, I mean, that stuff is good, I would assume. Yeah. But so to, 
to answer your question, like the first question, yes, there are labs that we can run, especially a stool test, which is fantastic because basically the Chinese have always said like, let's like to understand what's going on in your body. Let's look at what's coming out of your body. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, stool tests take that to a whole nother level. They're like, we are going to examine what is coming out of your body. I mean, you can, we can get a whole list of like how much of these 50 different, you know, good bacteria do you have? How many of these 30 bad bacteria parasites do you have? At what levels do you have them? How's your pancreas working? How's your stomach acid working? I mean, like there's so much that we can get out of a stool test. It's really fun, but I'm a geek. Um, I love, I love the admission. I'm a geek, but, but that's the thing. I will tell you, I have never had, or not for many years, have I had that test run on me and I have had all sorts of issues. So why not? You know, and that, that's what's really interesting. And I think people have to think to themselves as they're listening, what are my issues? Have, have my traditional doctors run those tests and what could they learn from those tests that we don't know? What are the unanswered questions? And again, I go back to, I mean, for me, inflammation's become an issue. Is it tied to gut health? Is it tied to whatever? When I went to the doctor, they gave me the equivalent of a prescription ibuprofen, but mega, 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 mega. Wow. And so I looked at it and I was like, hmm, he never even asked me if I took ibuprofen because I take very little ibuprofen. And so did, so I thought, okay, I'm just going to take a really low dose of ibuprofen and see if that, if I feel better, Mm -hmm. I felt better. But that to me was such a lesson in, oh my goodness, he sort of gave me the nuclear bomb of solution where I could take a much smaller dose, which has obviously fewer side effects than the other one. And it's, I'm not criticizing him. I, I, I really, as, as, as my family practitioner, I really, really like him. I think that's a classic, to me, that just seems like a classic medical story of, you know, I know he ran a bunch of tests. I know they didn't do the stool test. I know all those things. So again, we're not doctors, but I'm always surprised by how much thinking I have to do on my own about what's being prescribed for me. You have to, you have to be your number one health advocate. Like you, and that, that I think is something that we've sort of been trained and indoctrinated into this system that says like the government will take care of us and the healthcare system will take care of us. We put all of that self-responsibility on them. I think that's complete insanity. It's insanity. Like we need to be from the minute we're born told that we are the stewards of our own body. No one knows our bodies better than us. I mean, think about how many like amazing things that could impact in life. If all of us believed that we were, if we knew our body best, like think about all the things that we would do and that, and even like the boundaries that we would set for ourselves, if we looked at our bodies that way and had that confidence in ourselves. I think particularly as women. Yes. I mean, there are so many studies about how, especially maybe 20 or 30 years ago, how women coming in and talking about their health, doctors perhaps weren't listening as a, as as keenly as they should have because women's symptoms, perhaps for like a heart attack or something, are different than men's. And so things were being not diagnosed properly because we weren't necessarily the strongest advocates. Like, no, I feel this. 
Mm-hmm. I don't feel good. You need to hear me. And I think, I do think that's changing. I think there's much more awareness about women's health now than there was 50 years ago or 30 years ago. But to your point, Elizabeth, I think you're exactly right. We have to pay attention just because somebody says, here, take this pill. I'm amazed at how many people I know who don't read. And maybe it's just me. I read what that actually means. Like, what are the consequences of taking this drug? It doesn't mean it's going to happen to me. But if I'm putting it in my body, I'm going to read what the possibilities are. It's it's a fascinating thing to be, how much control we relinquish. And I think for healthcare. women, especially because we have more intricate hormone systems, yeah. which mm-hmm. interplays with everything. Mm-hmm. And the, most of the research isn't done on how, how hormones can affect various different things because they test so many things on men because you can take all this complicating factor. And for a lot of autoimmune conditions, it's uh, there's an underlying hormone imbalance. And, you know, so there's, it's no surprise to me that, you know, women aren't getting the help that they need, especially for, you know, something that is related to hormones, because there's just, there's just not the the knowledge in the the conventional medical community of how all these things can interplay and what you need to do to balance them. Okay. So what if you don't have like an acute issue? Like you're not, you don't feel like, oh, I'm struggling with autoimmunity. Do you think seeing a functional medical practitioner to just know where you're at can still be very helpful asking for a friend and the friend might be me, whatever. Okay. It's my <laughs> podcast. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, I have a wellness guinea pig right now, so you can be my next one. Um, absolutely for, for wellness issues and even anti-aging, right? Because if, I mean, anti-aging is really just optimizing your health Yeah. and right. wellness care is all about optimizing your health. And and to, to Marjorie's point earlier, and, and, and to Elizabeth, your point too, like conventional Western medicine is really good at treating acute conditions that you need to go to the ER for. Yep. My husband was an ER doctor. He treated those things very, very well. But those, like, but if there's not a disease, if there's not something in your gut that we need to kill, then we're not going to worry about it. We're not going to look at your pancreatic function or your microbiome or how your stomach acid is doing. We're like conventional medicine is not programmed to optimize your health. It's there to remove disease, Mm -hmm. but holistic health, functional medicine, Chinese medicine are very, very big on let's optimize your health. We want you to feel as good as you possibly can. And so that might mean like, Hey, like when women come in to see me just for wellness care, I'm often looking at, okay, well, how are your adrenals functioning? Because every woman that I know um, is dealing with a lot of stress and pushing through it and like just, you know, doing all the things. So we really need to check what our adrenals are looking like. Um, we might look at like vitamin levels because so I'm, I'm a pretty healthy person. I wasn't 15 years ago, but now I am. And, uh, you know, doing some of the lab testing, I found out, oh, okay, so my thyroid isn't optimal. I do need to do some things to help to optimize it. I found out like, oh, I have low grade depression, but I never really realized it until I, you know, ran one of these labs and saw, oh, I actually need to take this certain supplement because my, you know, I have a genetic mutation that doesn't enable me to, to make that, that factor. Mm -hmm. I'm like, oh my gosh, like it just did so much for my mental health. Fascinating. That's what's so interesting. And when you're talking about this, when you're saying optimizing, that's, that I think is the difference with a holistic health practitioner and a conventional practitioner who's looking at your labs, because when you get labs back and you know, I'm, this is coming from a person I've had three children in the last seven years. So I've had a lot of labs run because they take, they take blood. (laughs) Every time I go in there, they're like, cripes here, we're going to take another gallon of your blood. We're going to swish it around and tell you. So they're giving me, I'm getting numbers regularly, but what I have started to learn more about is that normal range 
is very different from optimal range. Absolutely. So oh. your numbers for all sorts of different things, when you take your labs and you get them back and they call you and they go, everything is fine. Like all your numbers are in the normal range. Okay, that's fine. But that doesn't necessarily mean that they're at optimal. And I don't know about you, but I don't want to live at normal or like, I don't want Good my enough. vitamin C levels to be just one point higher than scurvy. You know, like I want them <laughs> to be like in a really good zone. Like I'm not, you know, you're not, open to, you're not open to scurvy. Elizabeth? No, I'm not. I don't want to be one orange away from scurvy and, but I'm in the normal range. So like no one's talking about it. You know, I want things to be moving and optimized so that I am living a long, even living a long life. A long life to me is sort of important. I just want to live. I want a life well lived. Like I don't, I want to be, and I know what it's like to be disabled and I don't want to be that for a, for my life. I want to be mobile and I want to be active and I want to be able to live my life free of pain. And those, that's where I'm at. Yeah. Yeah. With the lab work for, you know, I, I get so many patients who they're like, my doctor said my lab's normal. I'm like, well, I want to look at it because yeah. I don't, you know, let's look at optimal. You know, functional medicine ranges are tighter than like we have optimal ranges. There's, there's normal okay. range, especially for your thyroid, right? It's a really wide range for your thyroid. Even if your thyroid is a, like way out of range, they're like, eh, we're not going to treat unless it gets really, really, really bad. Um, but like we have a much tighter range that we look at because we're trying to optimize your health. So I finished this book called Being Mortal, and it was written by a surgeon, and it's a wonderful book, and he talks about this idea of the place for doctors. And I think we hit on this the last time we talked to you, Senya, and it was so helpful because I think a lot of us can be very frustrated with the medical system as it's functioning now. And you made the point, and he made the point in the book, that doctors are trained to rid the body of disease. That's what they do. That's mm -hmm. what they're trained to do. And they also like to, to, I think they're trained to do that. They're not so much trained to stick with necessarily patients who present puzzles that are difficult. That's not how we're set up now. You know, it's very hard to have a 15 minute appointment with your GP and have all your problems solved. It just, it doesn't work as a system. But I think again, and I do think we talked about this in the last podcast, if we think of traditional doctors, your GP, your family practitioner, of someone who's really actively wants to keep you healthy. You know, they want to rid you of disease. And then I like the idea of functional me medicine as optimizing your health. And I think for myself, and I'm just speaking for myself, I have to have those ideas exist in my head at the same time that I don't have to rage at the medical system. It's not necessarily their fault. The way that the system is set up is their, their job is to rid you of disease. And I think it's a really interesting idea to seek out someone who's more about optimizing your health. And I think, have I made those, are those, are those accurate statements that I'm making? Is that fair to say that it's okay to really just separate out the two and not have anger with traditional medicine because they're not optimizing my health, but understanding perhaps that that's not what they're trained to do necessarily. Yeah. And I think if you, if you understand what their role is, then there's no judgment on it, right? right? And like, there's a role, there's a place for medications, there's a place for drugs, there's a place for surgery. And I think that's, you know, a unique, unique position that I come from because my husband is a physician. So I'm not anti right. any of those things. Right. And there, but, and there can be an intersection between them of like, okay, 
even for like, say, autoimmune condition. It's like, well, maybe you need to be on an immune modulator, but we need to understand how is that going to affect your body? That's going to affect your liver. That's going to deplete these vitamins. Let's make sure that we're reversing the, the side effects in that way. Same with birth control pills depletes all your B vitamins. Oh, what do you think that does after 15 years? That's super, super bad for your body. That's bad yeah. for you know your serotonin and your melatonin if you, all your B vitamins are depleted. So we need to understand what the effects of those are, which in my opinion, I don't think that conventional doctors do that very well. That's mm-hmm. up to us. And as, you know, that's my major beef as a functional medicine practitioner is that people don't look at that. Um, but then, so say somebody is on a med, great. Now let's get you on the lowest dose possible. Right. Where you feel the best, we're going to optimize your health as much as we can, get you on the lowest dose of that drug so we're having the least amount of mm-hmm. side effects. We can have that balance. It doesn't have to be one or the other. No, it right. doesn't. I think where the rage against the system can come into play for me is that people like Senya, most people just don't have access to her. So that right. to me is where the rage against the system because you know, you're, you don't have insurance coverage. You don't have, there's like, there's really a barrier in terms of just like education as, as people like Senna even being an option. And I think, you know, there's still that stigma that it's like, if you go see somebody, any, then anyone other than a, a conventional Western doctor that you're seeing a quack, you know, and that to me, I mean, that's terrible. It's like the access for me is the system is part of the system that I get really upset with because, you know, and, and I've been through months of appointments and, you know, I, I have a full-time job, three kids, and I'm trying to go to like PT, acupuncture, chiropractic, and see my surgeon all in these appointments. Like, I, I don't know how I do a job, guys. I, I mean, I'll tell you, I'm like grateful that I have like a pretty flexible job that really says we want you to take time for healing. So if you have to go to these appointments, we're okay with that. But a lot of people don't don't have that. That's the system stuff that upsets me because I think what you're talking about, Senia, is so important. And imagine if we had a population of people with optimized health, it would be like a completely different nation. And the only way to start that is to start in your own home and to say in our nest, we want to be optimally healthy, that just being in the normal range is not good enough. And you have to make that part of your everyday life and then also part of your healthcare system. It's hard to do. I mean, it's I think exhausting. that's hard to do. Yeah, that's hard to do. And I think, Senya, what, what really hit me about what you were saying is the intersection of what you do and perhaps traditional medicine will do. I have seen, and I don't think she would mind me talking about it, I have seen when there is no intersection of those two things, I've seen the result of that with my mother, who's 88. And what she's experiencing is she's falling a lot. And when she falls, her skin bursts like a grape because her skin is so thin. And so when I took her to this wonderful wound care specialist, she was under beautiful care because these are, these are not small wounds. These are large and scary and require somebody who is specifically trained to help this heal. So one wound like that might take six months to heal. Mm -hmm. And the specialist told me, and again, we're telling anecdotal stories. I am not encouraging anybody to do one thing or the other, but what that nurse told me is one of the reasons my mother's skin is so thin is she's been on steroids for over a decade because she has Sjogren's. And so being on steroids for that long, somebody put her on them a long time ago. We didn't know she had been on them for that long. She was just doing what the doctor said. And so without that intersection of what's the possible lowest dose she could be on, 
you know, what does she still need to be on them? You know, all of these things that somewhere in, in, you know, and she was of sound mind. So she was making her own medical choices and she's of a generation that this is what the doctor said to do. So this is what It wasn't questioned. Mm -hmm. You know, we weren't intervening in her medical care in the sense that we sort of had an idea of what she was taking. But again, that goes back to in a, in a, in a society where those two things could intersect for everybody. I'm betting somewhere along the line there would have been a different treatment for her. And what the nurse told me is, is this is what she sees with so many elderly, is their skin is thinner than it needs to be because that's a side effect. Now, I, again, this is anecdotal. This is what I was told. I am not, you know, just the message is think about when you're on these medicines of questioning, am I on the lowest dose I can possibly be on? Do I need to stay on this drug? It's okay to follow up with your doctor again and again and ask those questions and do the research. Not encouraging anybody to do anything without care, but it's okay to question. It goes back to your point, Elizabeth, of we really do have to be our own advocates and we have to understand what we're putting in our bodies and why and for how long and what's the dose and should we stay on that? And I wish everybody had a Senya because I'm feeling by the look on your face when I said that, my mother might not have been on those steroids for as long as she was on them. No. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that so hard. Without questioning it. Without yeah. questioning it. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. So Senia, you know, where do people begin if they want to see a functional medicine practitioner? I mean, obviously with you, you know, I mean, we, but we have a lot of best to the nest listeners. There's, I think there's millions of them now, million, trillions perhaps. <laughs> there's so many. So not everybody can get an appointment with you. Um, so where do people start to find a functional medicine practitioner and to start to go, even if they're, if they're dealing with something or if they want to age optimally? I mean, that's, that's the goal. Yeah. And I think like most, you know, practitioners who, who do functional medicine usually have websites that you can yeah. go to and learn a little bit more about what their specialties are. You know, like I said, like I do a lot of autoimmune and thyroid and digestive health, lots of fatigue as well. I don't do hormone replacement therapy. That's not, that's not in my wheelhouse. Um, <clears throat> so there's different practitioners who have different specialties. So, you know, like going to individual websites and seeing what they do. Oftentimes, like a lot of people find me by going to ifm.org, Ooh. the Institute for Functional Medicine, which is where I did my training. Yeah. Um, and so you had asked me earlier, like, what's the, what's the training like for that? I said, well, it's super rigorous because they're really targeting, you know, doctors and nurses. Um, but it's, they have, you know, they have a, they have a very well thought out, um, training program that culminates in having to submit a case study. And when I did my case study, it took me, let's see, well, I had finished the five or six or seven modules that I had to do for training over several years. My case study took me like a month and a half to write, even though I had already like treated lots of patients, like actually writing that case study and having that evaluated by their team, um, was a step. And then I had to, then I had to pass their functional medicine certification exam, which is why I was out of work for months oh. because I studied full time for that thing for 12 weeks. Can you even, so, I would never make it. I would never survive. <laughs> Absolutely not. I would never be able to do it. I'd be like, okay, I'm going to, I'll start tomorrow. I'll start tomorrow. It would be terrible. Yeah. It, yeah, I was, I was pretty tired by the end of that. I'm like, I think I'm just going to put my feet up for a while and like not study anything for a month or two. Yeah. Um, so, so, so you have to go through all of their modules, do their case study and then pass their IFM exam, which is notoriously difficult. Mm-hmm. 
to pass. And then you can become an IFM certified practitioner and you'll be listed on their website. Yeah. So like, if you look me up, like it says IFM certified practitioner, there are other, um, <clears throat> so here's the caution. Anybody can call themselves a functional medicine practitioner. You, you know, take one mm-hmm. webinar for one hour online and learn how to read a food sensitivity test. You can call yourself a functional medicine practitioner. Okay. So you really want to look for somebody who's, who's certified. Um, and there are other, um, organizations that certify functional medicine practitioners. I'm very biased. I think IFM is the absolute best, which is why I usually send people to IFM.org. Um, but I think it's important for people to know, like anybody can say that they practice functional medicine. Mm-hmm. And for me, it was important to actually get the certification so that it's not just me saying, yay, I'm really good at this. It's like, look, I've been studying this for six years and I had to go through a rigorous vetting process in order to earn this certification. Okay, and why wouldn't so you look for that? Yeah. I mean, if you have a choice, why wouldn't you, when we're talking about our own health, why wouldn't you want yeah, somebody you're who's... You've got to pay them out of pocket anyway, Marjorie. It's yeah. like, you yeah. know, you're going to have to pay them out of pocket. So yeah. you got to find somebody who really, like, really knows what they're doing. Right. Um, I think this is so amazing. And I just, I could imagine, I mean, these autoimmune conditions and things like, you know, depression and anxiety and all these things that we talk about. I mean, these are conditions that are somewhat they're, they're, you know, they're invisible, right? You don't like look at someone and see that they have that, but the impact of them on families is so huge. I mean, there are a lot of women when, when I look at like women who tell stories about like autoimmune issues or things, they'll, they'll talk about like completely losing years of their life that they like could barely function because they were so sick and so frustrated and couldn't find out the answer. And this is this autoimmune issue, Sandy, it's just like more and more and more you hear about it. Is this, I mean, I know this gets into like a whole nother thing, but do you think we're diagnosing it more or do you think that there are more cases? I, you know, I think it's hard to say. I think that we're more aware of what an autoimmune condition is rather than just like, oh, I'm tired and I hurt. We can actually diagnose it better with some of, again, like with some of the lab testing. Mm-hmm. But, you know, According to functional medicine, there's three things you need in order to have a turn on an autoimmune condition. The genetic predisposition, does it run in your family? Some sort of like inflammation, often, you know, gut health, like can, you know, food sensitivities that can trigger it, you know, viral load, that'll affect it. Um, you know, certain like recent issues that we've had with, you know, diseases, those can mm-hmm. certainly trigger mm-hmm. um, excess inflammation in the body. And then also stress, like stress will, you have to have stress as well. So you have to have genetics inflammation and stress. And so of course, like we have such an inflammatory diet, we have so much stress in our lives. So Mm -hmm. it just makes sense that we are having more autoimmune conditions turned on. The genetics are the same. We have the same genetics for the hundreds of years, but it's getting turned on because of the, the stress and the inflammation that is in everybody's lives. What you just said there is so fascinating to me. This idea of turning things on yes, of the triggers Mm-hmm. And this goes back again to the beauty of what you're talking about, of optimizing your health. So are you saying that if we're optimizing our health, there is a chance that we could delay turning on an autoimmune issue? Even more so, you can, yes, you can delay turning it on. You can also turn it off. Turn it off. That's what remission is. And that's yeah. what my goal is with patients. It's like, let's turn this off. Right. Let's decrease your inflammation. Let's get your stress under control. Let's be, help you be more resilient to stress. You're always going to have the genetics, but let's just turn them off. 
Okay. And I know that you have always been so passionate about what you do. And I know that you see huge results with people with traditional Chinese medicine. How much is this functional medicine, this implementation of this, of looking at these labs and tweaking supplements and things like that, how much has that improved what you're able to do? I think it's expanded the scope of of the different conditions that I can treat, yeah. right? Because like gut health, I'm like, eh, whatever. Like honestly, <laughs> I was a rock star at that before. I'm just that's always been my specialty, so that wasn't necessarily um, that. But but like I I never really felt like I could treat autoimmune conditions and really like flip them into remission. Or like in thyroid conditions, like I always felt like those were really tricky. So I feel like with the toolbox that I have now, all of that, like it's just expanded my scope of what I can, like the the types of conditions that I can affect, which is so fun. You're so good. This is so exciting. I was waiting for this conversation and I was just so looking forward to getting to break this down because I know people are going to be so excited to hear what you have to say and just that message of feeling empowered about your health and then, um, seeking out practitioners who can really help you get to the root cause so that you can enjoy your life. You know, I mean, that's, that's at the core of it. Like we have one life, it goes fast. You know, you gotta, if you don't feel good, it's very difficult to enjoy it. I love that you just had a birthday and you're hyper aware of life. (laughs) I just turned 41, everyone. I turned 41 yesterday. Thank you. Happy birthday to me. Thank you all. Yes. I just love as you're saying, it goes fast. It does. Such, it does. That's such a, that's such a 40s <laughs> mentality because you start to realize there, I didn't have a crisis when I turned 40, but there is sort of a weird yeah. feeling when you go from your 30s to your 40s. Like I always felt like my 30s were closer to my 20s and your 40s are, I shouldn't be saying to this post birthday, but your 40s bring you closer to your 50s. They do. And, and so it's just sort of a weird psychological, um, switch I think that can happen. But Senya, I want to say to you, what I love about talking to you is you said something which you say it so easily. It comes so easily out of your mouth. But it's such a profound thing for a for a, pra- a health practitioner to say, which is I'm hopeful for my patients. Yeah. And it almost makes me want to cry when you say that because I know that when people have chronic issues, that's what they're looking for. They just want a little hope that they're going to feel better. And so I just think that's a really powerful thing. And I just, I'm so grateful that there are people like you and you in particular out there who are doing that for people with chronic conditions, because I just think to have hope, to have somebody say, Hey, look, I've got your hand. We're going to look at this. We're going to attack it. We're going to do the best we can, but we're going to dive deep. It's not just, hey, I'm going to talk to you for 50 minutes. Here's a prescription. Mm -hmm. Just that idea that somebody's now your partner is so huge to people who's suffering with chronic issues in particular. So I just, I just want you to know that that just, I just love every time I hear you say that, I just sort of gives me goosebumps because I just want to know that you're out in the world and that I hope there are many like you out there helping people because it's so important. Well, thank you, Marjorie. Yeah. And I think that's one of the great things about this form of medicine is that it's a partnership. And that's the exact word. It's like, but we're partnering together. You're not just, I mean, yes, your intake is two hours long. That's very long, way longer than it is with your doctor. <laughs> yeah. But like, but then we're working together over a period of time. Like, okay, let's figure this out together. You do your piece. I'll do my piece. I'll tell you what you need to do. That's going to have the biggest impact in my professional opinion. 
you're going to need to do those. Like it's a partnership. We both have to do our stuff. Right. I can run all the labs that I want, but if it comes back and it says that you need to make this food change, you need to take this supplement and you need to get like move your body more. If you don't do those things, you're not going to see the benefits. Mm-hmm. It truly is a partnership. Both of us are working on it at the same time. I love that. We love you, Senya. Thank you so much for your time. Don't think you, this will be the last time you're here because we'll invite you back. <laughs> we're always lurking. We're, we're always all, you never know everywhere. when we're going to show up. We all want you on the podcast or I'll have a sinus infection and I'll be texting you. <laughs> you know, you ladies are my favorite people to talk to. So I have been waiting to do this interview. I'm like, when do I get to talk to Elizabeth Marjorie again? Here it is. Yay. Here it is. If you are enjoying this podcast, please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and give us a review at Apple Podcasts. And I have one. From Lizbeth Boo 21. Woohoo, Boo. Lizbeth Boo. I like She's it. writing this morning. She said, I found a treasure. Hello, Marjorie and Elizabeth. I used to absolutely love your radio show on 107.1. I always felt that you both had unbelievable chemistry and have been mourning the end of that show for years. So I'm just thrilled that you're doing a podcast together. The show is fantastic. And she just wrote this one. I didn't pull this one from three years ago. She, she just, just found wrote this it. one, so she just found it. So oh my gosh, Lizbeth Boo Boo, you've got like 300 episodes to catch up on. This what a great. joy. This is great. Thank Find you. us on Facebook and Instagram at Best of the Nest or go to bestofthenest.com. And uh, we are the podcast that brings you home. To be your best every day, you need proven quality sleep every night. Science proves your best sleep is vital to your mental, emotional, and physical health. And that's where the sleep number bed comes in. And let me tell you, ever since I've had it, my sleep IQ score is just going higher and higher. And did you know 8 out of 10 couples say that one of them sleeps too hot or too cold? Science tells us regulating your sleep temperature leads to higher quality sleep. For many couples, temperature struggles are a real challenge. So here are some tips to help you both sleep just right. Look for beds designed with temperature benefits such as the new Sleep Number Climate 360 Smart Bed that actively warms and cools each side so you both sleep blissfully comfortable. And now save 40% on the Sleep Number 360 Special Edition Smart Bed. Plus special financing for a limited time. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com slash podcast one. Sleep Number, the official sleep and wellness partner of the National Football League. Subject to credit approval, minimum monthly payments required. See sleepnumber.com for details. Grab a 30-day free trial of Live by Live Plus and you'll get unlimited skips, commercial-free music, and all of the podcasts and live streaming events you can handle. Visit livexlive.com slash podcast one to learn more and start your free trial.